Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for July 7th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Faith and Patience. And if, you, if you've been following today's word for any amount of time, you know that I take my time. I'm not in a hurry. I, I'm going to teach slow and methodical, and we're going to go through things in a logical way. We're going to break down the word. We're going to glean some nuggets, and we're going to go line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. So this is part 58 of the series, and actually, I still have a long way to go, but the title of today's message is Redemption. It's never too late for God. We serve a God who will redeem you, and he can redeem the time. It is never too late for God. We serve a God of redemption. Let's talk about it. So James 1, 2 through 4, the Bible says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, you should see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Why? For you know that when your faith is tested, it develops inside of you the power to endure all things. And then when this patient endurance grows inside of you stronger, 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 it releases perfection or maturity into every area, every aspect of your life to the point where there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. And that's where we want to get to. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, there's a right, there's a time, there's a season for everything. And everything is going to happen in your life. When? At just the right time. And then Genesis 45 verses 1 two and three from the Message Bible. The Bible says, Joseph, and we dealt with this yesterday. We're going to the same verses again. Joseph could not hold himself any longer. <laughs> he was keeping up a front before, before all of his servants. So he cried out, leave, clear out, everyone get out of here. And so when there was no one left but Joseph and his brothers, he identified himself. But his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. The news was soon reported to Pharaoh's palace. Joseph spoke to his brothers and he said, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? Is it true? And his brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were seeing and hearing. We serve a God that can, he can get you to the point where you are speechless. Like you are seeing it with your own eyes. You're hearing it with your own ears, but it's so good. It's so amazing that it's almost unbelievable. It's almost too good to be true. That's the kind of God we serve. So yesterday, setting the stage, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set the stage and then I have four things for you on this morning. So let me just set the stage. Yesterday, we looked at how Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. And then I took the opportunity yesterday to continue to highlight uh, parallels between Joseph and Jesus, right? But now let's deal with the brothers this morning. So now yesterday we dealt with Joseph. Today I want to deal with the brothers. Now there are 11 brothers there, but Benjamin didn't do anything wrong. So specifically, I'm talking about 10 of the 11 brothers, the 10 brothers that did Joseph wrong. Let's put ourselves in their shoes for a moment, right? They... These were the men who sold him into slavery 20 years earlier, over 20 years earlier. Now, the brothers were sitting there, 
and the text says that they were speechless. I mean, they were in awe. They they didn't know they didn't know how to feel. Now, part of them was like, "Oh my God! Oh, that's our brother!" Now, part of them was like, "Oh my God, that's our brother!" Right? So, part of them wanted to be happy. Part of them was afraid. Uh, the man that had been giving them a hard time for months, this sultan, this Egyptian sultan, who had been speaking to them through an interpreter, this man all of a sudden reveals himself as their long lost brother. And, 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 and in that initial shock, they're like, oh, in that initial shock, it also sent like waves of fear through their bodies. And I've heard a lot of preachers talk about the fear that they felt, but I haven't heard a lot of preachers talk about the sense of relief. Like also think about it from this perspective. For over 20 years, they have been walking around carrying the weight of the mistake that they made. They have been walking around thinking that the mistake that they made was fatal and final. And, and like, you know, that they thought Joseph was dead. They live with the fact, at least to their knowledge, that they were responsible for the death of one of their own brothers. They live with the guilt. They live, they live with the shame of that thing. Not only that, they had to live with the guilt and the shame of what they did to their father. Uh, they, they saw as their father, when he never really recovered from all of that. They caused their father much grief and pain. And every time somebody brought up Joseph's name, they saw their father, like, you know, going through that. And in their minds, they replayed that event because you know how the devil would do you. And so, so every time Joseph's name came up, they could hear Joseph in the pit screaming, yelling, please don't kill me. Please don't sell me as a slave. Come on, please. Come on, guys. I know. Come on, man. Please don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. And they, they're living with this for over 20 years. And in that moment, they're looking and the same man that they did this to they're living with this emotional and psychological baggage. And all of a sudden, the man who had all the power in Egypt says, I am Joseph. <laughs> I am your brother. Is my father still alive? And not only that, he's crying. And not only that, and he's crying uncontrollably. Why? Because he loved them. And so Joseph still being alive meant that now this guilt and this shame no longer has to loom over their heads, at least not the way that it used to be. Joseph still being alive meant that what they feared the most had actually never happened. And so, so Joseph would later reveal to them that actually all of this mess, what they meant for evil, God would turn it around for, for their good. And, and it was almost too hard to believe. He was alive. He was crying. He loved them. He was forgiving them. He was overwhelmed with tears, not tears of anger, but tears of joy for his brothers. So these tears, as far as the brothers were concerned, were tears of redemption. Let's talk about it. So what does this mean to you today? I have four things to share with you today about this type of redemption and love and grace and mercy. Four things. Let's get into it. Number one, instead of punishing us, God redeemed us. Now think about this. The Bible says, Romans 5 and 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? So, so instead of giving us the punishment that we deserve, instead of giving us what we deserve for sin, which was punishment, the payment for sin is death. Instead of giving us that, God sent his own son to die in our place. And Jesus paid a price that we could not pay for a debt that he did not owe. Jesus redeemed us. He paid for us. He, he said paid for, paid for in full. He redeemed us with his own blood. We serve a God who extends to us 
grace and mercy. What is grace and mercy, Rick? Grace is when God gives you the good that you do not deserve. He's just giving it to you. It is unearned. It is unmerited. It is undeserved. It is favor. It is goodness. And what is mercy? Mercy is when God is withholding from you the punishment that you clearly deserve. Like you earned that punishment. Like you earned it. You did it. You sinned and you was a good sinner. So you you earned it. But instead of giving you the punishment that you earned, he chooses to withhold it. So he withholds it. That's mercy. He extends to you what you don't deserve. That's grace. God gives you grace and mercy. That's what Joseph did for his brothers. He extended to them grace and mercy. Instead of punishing them, and they deserved it, he chose to bless them. Instead of lashing out uh, in anger towards them, he was weeping. He was he was sobbing uncontrollably because he loved them. That's how it is with God and us. He he doesn't he doesn't punish. Listen, when you come to him, the Bible says that there's a party in heaven. Why? J- just because one person repents and accepts Jesus as Lord, God doesn't bless you because you're good. God blesses you because God is good and because He wants to bless you and because He wants to extend His grace towards you. His mercies are new every morning. Lamentations three and 23. If God only, look at me, look at me for a minute. Let me be clear about this. Just you and I, nobody else is watching. You and I, you got it? If God only gave us, you and I, what we deserved, we would be a man or woman most miserable. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't just give us what we deserve. He gives us what he wants to give us by grace and mercy. And that is something that we should give God praise for every day on a continual basis. Thank God for grace and mercy. Number two, you don't fully accept forgiveness until you forgive yourself. Let me say this. You don't don't really accept forgiveness until you forgive yourself. Joseph forgave his brothers. However, for them to walk in the fullness of this forgiveness, they were going to have to learn to forgive themselves. They were walking around with guilt and shame for a long time. They had to learn how to forgive themselves. When we make a mistake, when we do something wrong, the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9, that if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us of our sin. He will take it all away. He's not holding it against us. The challenge comes, however, oftentimes for many of us is that after we are forgiven from God, by God, like we have received forgiveness from God, the challenge is us now forgiving ourselves. Uh, because it does no good for you to accept forgiveness from God if you're going to walk around with guilt and shame and condemnation. And there are many believers who are born again, who love God, who go to church every Sunday, who sing songs of Zion, who are walking around with guilt and shame and un- and unbelief, and, and they're holding on to bitterness and resentment towards themselves for something that God already forgave them of. And so God already let it go. You need to learn how to let it go yourself. As we have read the story of Joseph and his brothers, we have seen how how several times in the text, it, it, it was revealed that the that the brothers were living with this guilt and shame for over 20 years. Every time something came up, they said, oh man, this is happen, happening to us because of Joseph. Oh man, this is happening to us because of what we did over 20 years ago. No, you have to learn how when you do something wrong and you repent, you got to learn three things. Number one, receive forgiveness from God. Number two, forgive yourself. Number three, keep going. I'm from Brooklyn, so I would say keep it stepping. So you receive forgiveness from God, forgive yourself, and then you got to keep it stepping. You cannot enjoy your present or your future if you keep holding on to the past. You cannot keep living in the past. One of the most liberating things 
that God ever did for me is, is when he taught me to forgive myself. Listen, your history is not holding you back from your destiny. Let me say that again. Your history is not holding you back from your destiny. God is not judging your future by your past. So stop beating yourself up. You need to learn how to be easy on yourself. God has already forgiven you. Let it go. Listen, you are not perfect, but God has chosen to use you. So, hey, if God wants to use me, then I guess God wants to use me. I know I'm not perfect, but God chooses to use me anyway. When the devil comes and says, hey, you're not perfect. Hey, you did this wrong. I say, I know. <laughs> Ain't it crazy? I know I did that wrong. I know I've done a lot of stuff wrong. I know I've done more wrong than I want to remember, but God chooses to use me anyway. So get out of my face with that stuff. Stop fighting God's love and his grace. Accept his forgiveness. Forgive yourself and move on. Number three, it's never too late for God. Listen, let me tell you something. After living with guilt and shame for over 20 years, all of a sudden, out of the blue, in a moment, Joseph's brothers received forgiveness from their brother, from the brother that they had done wrong. Not only that, but this brother was crying uncontrollably because he loved them so much. And that's how it is with God. It's never too late. It doesn't matter what you've done. Look at me. If you're still living, if you're still breathing, Go like this. If this air is still flowing through your lungs, if there's blood still flowing through your veins, then that means that God is not through with you. You're on this planet for a reason. There's still purpose locked up inside of you. So there's nothing impossible with God. If you're still here, don't live. Don't be saved and be miserably saved. God doesn't want you to... to just go to heaven. God wants you to enjoy the ride. God wants you to make the most of the life that he gave you. So take a moment in this moment, take a moment to think about some of the things that you have given up on. Do this. Think back to broken dreams. Think back to aborted aspirations. And while I'm saying this, the Holy Spirit is bringing things up, uh, up in your mind that you gave up on. But he never gave up on them. He never gave up on you. The giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. They are, they are irrevocable. So God never revoked your gift or your calling. So God is bringing those things back up right now. Think back to those missed opportunities. Think back to those forfeited chances. Now, you, you, you got it? You in that moment? Now, believe God to breathe life into those dead situations. Believe God to revive that which was lost. Believe God to restore the time. Believe God to give you the desire back, the burning desire that you once had for it and you lost it. God will give you that desire back. It was not too late for Joseph's brothers and it's not too late for you. Number four, and finally, as I close, God can restore the time that was wasted or stolen. Let me tell you, we serve a God who can restore the time that either you wasted or that was taken away from you. We serve a God who can redeem the time. No matter how old you are and no matter how many years you think you have lost, God can resurrect a dead dream and God can still make it happen. And God can make it happen just like that. God can restore the time that, that was lost by your bad decisions. God can restore the time that was stolen by the decisions of others. Listen, let me just use Joseph's father as an example as I close. Joseph's father, Jacob. Jacob was in a bad situation with his father-in-law, Laban. The Bible says 
that he worked for his father-in-law for 20 years. And in those 20 years, his father-in-law Laban had changed his wages 10 times. And he was making sure, Laban was making sure that he was getting rich and that Jacob was not getting rich. And so now Jacob had worked for 20 years and had nothing to show for it. And so we serve a God who can restore and redeem the time. We serve, I'm, I'm saying like, just like that. So God gave Jacob an idea. And one idea from God can turn your, your, your hopeless situation around. God gave him an idea. And so he executed that idea in year number 21. And in the 21st year, in that one year, he made more money than he had made in the previous 20 years because we serve a God who can restore the years. He can restore the time. It's never too late. We serve a God who will redeem you. And, and not only will he redeem you, he will restore you to your purpose. And he will say, listen, what, what you thought was going to take 20 years, I could make it happen in 20 weeks. What you thought was going to happen or, or was going to take 20 months, I could make it happen in 20 minutes. I, I, there's nothing God can't do. Keep your heart open to believe God greater is coming for you. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I know that there's nothing too late for you. You can turn any seemingly hopeless situation around with one word. So I repent of sin and the mistakes that I've made in my past. I receive forgiveness from you. I also receive the power to forgive myself. As a forgiven child of God, I move forward with the desire and the dreams that I once had. You revive that which was once alive in my life and I now live with an expectation of manifestation and I declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and sign up and put in your email address. Click on the subscribe button and you're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Go into this day knowing that we serve a God who, who has redeemed you. I mean, he has redeemed you and he can restore you and he can elevate you and he can restore to you the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm stole. I'm talking about a God that can make it happen just like that. Believe God. Open up your heart to God's dream. Greater is coming for you. Do me a favor. Share this message on your social media, on your timeline with your friends and leave me some comments uh, in the chat. Have an amazing day. Launch out into this day knowing that you are redeemed. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.